welcome back to season four of the I'm Uncomfortable podcast, where it's okay to be uncomfortable. We're your hosts, Melissa and Vanessa. And today we're taking a moment to reflect on AAPI Month or Asian American Pacific Islander Month and the role models, stories, and characters we gravitated to as youths. But before we get into that, let's get into our uncomfortable moments. Vanessa, do you want to go first? Sure. I will talk about my AAPI mother. Um, <laughs> although this is not necessarily um, something that's just for people who identify as AAPI, because I told my friend this story and she's um, Latina and she also had a similar experience. So I've been finding a lot of joy in working out lately specifically I'm not showing up to the gym that's not going to be for me like ever probably but specifically workout classes so I've been doing soul cycle and berries and being really excited about it and my mom was overly concerned about the amount of working out that I've been doing and was kind of I don't know she just had a moment she was like wait are you working out are you exercising too much are you losing too much weight are you like and I was like mom you need to chill you need to relax you were angry when I wasn't and now you're angry when I am pick a lane girl pick a lane never happy so I told her to chill and hopefully she does that we'll see where it goes relatable how's your health (laughs) (laughs) oh Speaking of things related to health, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just in kind of a quarantine situation right now. Uh, I may have COVID. Um, cute. Yeah. Cute. Love it. It's 2022, almost halfway through. She's a little late rhyme? to the party, y'all. In true Melissa fashion, I am late to the party. And, you know. No, in all seriousness, though, it's it was one of those things where... I finally got okay with not wearing my masks in certain situations. And of course, it was during this situation where I had a more direct exposure and uh, unfortunate. But in hopeful news, I'm trying, usually I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but I'm trying to be a negative Nancy this week because... You know, trying to not get that positive line on my test. But I did take a test, an at-home test today, and it's negative, um, although... I do have a scheduled PCR test tomorrow, so that'll be more accurate um, because it would would have been in the time that I would be getting some sort of sign that I would have caught it. So I'm hopeful. I'm feeling healthy, feeling strong. Okay. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. Anyways, getting back to the topic on hand, um, representation of Asian American Pacific Islanders in the media has definitely evolved since we were kids, and that's definitely nice to see. Um, It wasn't always that way. Um, So even with quote-unquote children's movies like Turning Red these days, we get so excited as adults (laughs) because it's a relatable um, situation on a different level. It pulls from similar stories and experiences that we lived growing up but never saw um, when we were younger beyond people who look and sound like us so we're here to talk about our experiences as identifying as AAPI individuals and some of our role models that we have gravitated towards so but before we get into that is there anything about AAPI month that makes you uncomfortable in general Vanessa? I think for me It's great that AAPI Month is more celebrated now, and it's kind (laughs) of cool to be Asian in a a way. 
but for me, that is uncomfortable because I don't specifically, I mean, I'm not, first of all, I'm not even fully Filipino, right? Um, when you think about just like my, what is it? <laughs> Your DNA genetics. On a very <laughs> scientific level. My genetics. Yes. Thank you. That's the word. Uh, even though I, I grew up Filipino, right? But then there's also this aspect of sometimes I don't feel that Filipino is even really part mm. of the Asian umbrella. So it's kind of cool to be Asian, but maybe not cool yet to be yeah, Filipino. Yeah, no, I definitely, my feelings about that are similar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you get what I'm saying. It's like, it's cool to be Asian. Thanks, BTS. And like, thanks, K-pop, you know? <laughs> um, thanks, Sandra O. Oh. But, you know, I, I think it's not cool yet to be south asian or southeast asian you know we're not the, like the brown mm-hmm. <laughs> the brown asians aren't cool yet <laughs> we still a little too brown <laughs> right so that's and and also the pi part of aapi and on like my personal thoughts and knowledge about pacific islanders i remember growing up when you're filling out the the scantron or whatever you're like are you asian oh my gosh yeah are you latino and i'm like no i'm not latino even though my name is you know my Mm -hmm. last name is spanish and then i'm not and then Mm -hmm. i wanted to put pacific islander because i know that was there was a discussion around that during that time of our filipinos identifying as pacific islanders are we not apparently we're not so there's all this (laughs) we're not we're asian apparently we're we're not i don't know but yeah, that's that's the part that makes me uncomfortable. I feel like there's so many different cultures and identities that are enveloped in AAPI. It's kind of interesting that it's been grouped into this one little package of a month. It's yeah, it, there's a lot to unpack there, essentially. Even with the very minimal AAPI representation that we had growing up, who was your AAPI role model? Was there a character or a story that resonated with you? The first character that was prevalent what go ahead let me guess <laughs> Mulan no actually you know when I was trying to think of role models or not role models but just characters that I resonated with they weren't even AAPI it was like Lizzie McGuire or like oh, you know awkward. white <laughs> white okay, yeah <laughs> you made me say it. yes white <laughs> characters and actors and actresses um but when it, it did come to mind Mulan was the, the second thing <laughs> Yeah. Who else did we have? We had, you know, I wrote some down because I was like, let me write these because I'm pretty sure I can count on one hand. Okay, thank you. We got Lilo and Stitch. Lilo, she's not. Okay. We were like were early we 2000s. We were right? kind of, yeah, we were kids. Yeah. yeah, we were impress- impressionable yeah, yeah, yeah. age. All right. um, but yeah, I remember when Lilo and Stitch came out, I was like, she's brown and she has long black hair. Yeah, that's me. I'm yeah. not Hawaiian, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she is the closest we're going to get. To this girl who has like an alien. She has She's an alien an sidekick, a pet, of course. The most relatable story. Um, but in terms of actresses, too, I also remember seeing like Brenda Song from Sweet Life yeah. of Zack and Cody. And she played a non-stereotypical character. She played like the rich girl. Yes, kind of did see. Yeah, yes. and I, I actually liked that yes, for her. Same. And um, one other one that came to mind was I remember seeing Charlie's Angels and being like Lucy Liu, right? This sexy Asian woman being a badass. Yes, 
um there were some stereotypical things happening in that movie now that i think about it but you mm-hmm. know she was doing her best what she had yes, we're not, not gonna her blame fault. her yeah anyways those were the ones that came to mind okay. for me at least yeah that's more than i could think of in my head Wow, you put together most of your list, though. I I think is Disney, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a Disney. Well, I mean, yeah, but was there anyone besides y'all? If there's people we are missing, please let us know because I'm also having a really hard time thinking beyond the Disney sphere on this one. Well, non, I think all of those were women. Um, but I know that I grew up watching Jackie Chan movies. Like oh, I, my, my gosh, how could I forget about Jackie Chan? I. Yeah friggin love jackie chan <laughs> i tell whoa i Melissa, never knew this about you wait did i tell you i don't know who i told i was like that's my dad like if i was if i could choose a dad it would be jackie chan <laughs> what <laughs> you didn't tell me this oh my god you never told me this well <laughs> i learned something new <laughs> I'm glad in our bajillion years of friendship that i never told you that i wanted jackie chan as a father Wow. Yeah. Funny. Does his own stunts. Mm-hmm. You know. The whole thing. Crazy. The whole thing. Love the package. It. That's that's what you want in a dad. That's a person <laughs> who does his own stunts. <laughs> I'd love to have a dad who does his own stunts. <laughs> but it's also kind of funny and cool. Anyone else that you can think of? Honestly. That's it? No. Just Jackie Chan? <laughs> All right. We'll move the on. Fact, I just want to say the fact that I can't readily, like, I had to really dig and I didn't even remember Jackie Chan initially I don't think it says a lot about me I think it says more about the fact that we really didn't have that much to choose from growing up yeah and that's oh I really had to think about it I'm glad I'm glad you did and now I'm glad there's more to choose from Mm -hmm. but even if I'm trying to think about anyone specifically Filipino that's also kind of hard to come up with yeah because I even now I always get so excited about if there's someone even half Filipino not that that matters like that you know but for example like Bruno Mars I claim him because you know he's half Filipino and whenever he's winning a Grammy I'm winning a Grammy you know what I'm saying like for the people for the people you know (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo she's half Filipino she's winning Grammys left or right you know she's anyways but Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's when we take them when we we claim them as much as we can when they're out there, all right? That's how how little representation we had growing up. We get so excited. I love a good um a good trash TV show, you know, as a guilty pleasure. There's one out called Bling Empire right now. Mhm. Mhm. Which you is You watch that. I've never watched it. It's a bunch of rich Asians in LA, none of which are Filipino, none of whom, none of which, whatever. That's true, mm-hmm. actually. Now that I've seen, like, coverage of it, I'm, yeah. Yes. See? So. Where are Southeast Asians at? <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting it out. It's going to happen at some point, but uh, we'll see. One day it will come. One day it won't be on TFC. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we won't even get into that. Anyways, let's just talk about our Asianness in general. So what is your relationship with your quote-unquote Asianness now versus when you were a youth? I would say that. As a youth, growing up around a lot of other Filipino people, it was very prevalent in my life. But now I don't really have that same oh, interesting. connection. Yeah, I mean, my workplace is pretty diverse. I have a pretty diverse group of friends. Mm-hmm. I honestly 
don't and I don't even have anyone to speak Tagalog to. So I've actually noticed that it's not it's getting worse. My understanding mm-hmm. is still fine, but my ability to speak Tagalog has gotten worse for sure. But yeah, when I was a kid, it was very much a big part of my life. And now I would say it's not so much anymore to the point where getting Filipino food is a treat for me. And oh my not, gosh. I know. I mean, I don't live at home. I, when I go out to eat, I don't really go to Filipino restaurants. So maybe I can make more of an effort to do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. But interesting. I have though accepted, and I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm not even trying to put a label on it. I don't care. But I, I'm just kind of accepting that my level of Asian-ness or Filipino-ness may not be passed on if I have kids. Because there's already so much of it that is not as present for us as it was for our parents. So I oh, can't sure. even imagine, you know, getting married and raising kids, especially if the person you end up with or who I end up with isn't Filipino then or Asian at all, then who knows, right? Um, yeah. Which I'm not mad about. But it's just an interesting thing to to It's just a reality of what your surroundings have been. Right. You don't have that many friends around you that are Filipino and and maybe not as many restaurants as you would here back back at your hometown where there's a bajillion um, Carson, which is like the mini Philippines. Yeah, basically. So that's, I mean, but it answers the question, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not mad about it, uh, but it is is good to acknowledge what's happening. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, I mean, you're still in Carson, so I don't know how different it is for you or how that's evolved for you. It's definitely something that I'm proud of. It's just weird because I just, I don't usually say Asian. I say Filipino. Interesting. I I say I'm proud to be Filipino. That's fair. It's obviously part of kind of what we discussed earlier of like the whole AAPI identity is just huge thing diaspora yes. of, of different cultures so I don't typically say I'm Asian I say I'm Filipino um, and I think my relationship with it has been I remember being even though we were surrounded by a large community of Filipino uh, people growing up I always felt like I wasn't Filipino enough because I don't speak the language. I don't really. Actually, I recently discovered that I understand more Tagalog than I thought because <laughs> my grandma, when I visit her, she's speaking less and less English these days. And right. she was trying to tell me a story and she was speaking in Tagalog. And I was like, OK, I can piece that together, you know. But, you know, I growing up, I always felt like I wasn't Asian or Filipino enough, I should say, because you I would always say you're more Filipino than me. You may be half, but you're more Filipino than me in terms of the culture and what you understand and know and grew up with yeah. because you danced all of the d- traditional dances. You spoke and understood Tagalog. And I was like, I feel like a, a white kid. <laughs> just, you know, um, that just happens to eat spam and eggs in the morning. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but um, it's definitely something that has always been a, big part of my life in through college I didn't really understand that until I was the token quote-unquote Asian and the token Filipino I was like oh wow this is a big part of who I am um and I was kind of uncomfortable with that because I didn't feel like I knew enough about my culture or mm. identified enough with my culture to rep <laughs> being Filipino you know when I needed to um or I felt like I needed to in college um but now I feel like it's, I guess that maybe just comes with time, but 
yeah, I just feel like it's a part of me and I'm not afraid to talk about my interesting dynamic of being a first generation uh, Filipino American of immigrant parents, you know, that's a very, very interesting, you know, identity, but it's being more normal now. I feel like it's, it's, it seems more normal because people, more people are talking about it. So there's a lot of layers there. I mean, from, from the way that you talk about yourself to the way others perceive you to, does it come into play at work at all? There's lots of different layers to the whole identity affecting you and who you are. I mean, I'll actually, I don't know if it fully ends or pertains to this question, but it, you know, you said, does it, does it come up at work? And we were just having a conversation in our DEI committee about how we're going to acknowledge AAPI month. Okay. And um, management was asking for any volunteers to lead the charge. And obviously there, I was in that. I am part of the AAPI community. And there were a couple other people in there that are also AAPI. And it was an awkward silence of which Asian is going to volunteer <laughs> to lead this. Um, and I chose to not volunteer just for the sheer fact that I'd have too much going on. But also it was just funny that there was this weird obligation that I felt <laughs> to, to, again, step into a, that role and uh, represent this community where, you know, I still have lots to learn. But um, in terms of how my identity affects who I am, I don't know. I feel like I don't think it is all of who I am, but it is a big part of how, where my values, I guess, are, originate from. I think family is a really big deal in Filipino, in the Filipino culture, and I definitely identify with that a lot. But yeah, I'm trying to think of other aspects of my life where my Filipino-ness affects who I am. Does high cholesterol count? (laughs) (laughs) Inherited high cholesterol. (laughs) I don't know if that counts, but we can say it does. We we have a similar thing at work, obviously, right now because it's AAPI month and we're trying to do a celebration at the end of the month and I feel obligated to help with that or figure out how to celebrate. But like you said, there are so many different identities wrapped into AAPI. It's not just this like the standard Asian persona that you think of. There's so many different layers and communities that are within that. So on one hand, how do you represent all of that in, in mm-hmm. a brief amount of time in a way that makes people, you know, feel happy and feel included and feel included. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's, it's different for me on a lot of levels. I know I've mentioned this in previous, in a, in a previous episode, maybe that I, I don't particularly look one way or another. People are often confused about what I am just based <laughs> on my appearance, which can be a fun game sometimes. <laughs> but also exhausting. At but times. also exhausting. Right. I met someone and they were like, oh yeah, I figured you were either some flavor of Asian flavor. or maybe Hispanic, maybe a blend. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, d- yes, <laughs> you got it. Yes. You get three mm-hmm. tries. Yeah, you got it. We're just <laughs> right. You- but for me, it's it's just really nice to see a lot more representation in the media. And as we've gotten older, being able to connect with 
like Turning Red, for example, which I know we mm-hmm. mentioned in the intro briefly, but and I know that she is not a Filipino character by any means, but her experience, especially growing up during that time, is one that it's just so relatable. Right. No matter, I think, who you are, but also no matter what Asian you are. And they really took the time to... There was that one part where they're all talking about why they can't go to the concert. And one of them was like, yeah. oh, my parents said it's stripper music. The other one said I can go when I'm 30. Like, those are all such fair things. That we, we've we heard versions of when we've, at that age, when right. we try to convince our parents one way or the other, if I could sleep over at so-and-so's house or like right. whatever. And you have to, like, pretend or, like, lie some way and you figure it out. And I know I mentioned this, not, not like I'm pregnant or planning on having kids right now, but... I, I have been thinking about, well, because my, one of my best friends, she has a three-year-old, and he is uh-huh. my little mini BFF, and it's just interesting to watch him grow up. We went to a, um, they were part of this organization, like a Filipino club at UC Santa Cruz, and uh-huh. their club was on a performance, and so yeah. they invited me to go with them, and so I, I, I met them in Santa Cruz, and we went to go watch this Filipino club put on the show mm-hmm. and then later on afterwards they took a picture and my two friends had were taking a picture with their son and with like the people who were in their positions when they were in that role yeah. and it was really cool to see like that generational thing and how it carries on uh, yeah. so something I'm thinking about for the future is what that will mean for my identity when I it maybe choose to have a family later on or just as I personally get older I've yeah. been kind of wondering what does it mean for me to identify as as Asian or as Filipino, and I think something that I want to get better at is learning to make the food. Yeah. Evelyn is not the best chef. If you're just tuning in, you've not heard her name before. Evelyn is my mother. <laughs> she, <laughs> her signature dish is Hi, not auntie. even a Filipino dish. It is a pasta Alfredo with um shrimp. That's her claim to fame. No. So because she can't cook it, I didn't necessarily learn either growing up. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hoping that I can make the time to explore my identity through food. That's valid. And what you said in terms of seeing the generational interactions at this event, that made me think about how I have thought that if I were to get married or have kids, I would want to incorporate the food and maybe even like I've always loved like the the idea of the men in the family wearing like borongs. Yeah, and I love that. You know, I don't even know what the puffy shoulder situation is called that the for the women. Um, but yeah, all of these little things I, I appreciate about the Filipino culture, but never got to experience myself. I want I, I have thought about that stuff of wanting to incorporate some sort of Filipino uh, stamp on those big you know, moments in, in my life. Okay. We talk a lot about how we've, how we identify and how that's evolved over time. But yes. in general, right now, would you say that you are comfortable with your identity in the AAPI community? Mm. And if so, how'd you get there? Where'd I, you get that? I can't <laughs> tell you how I got there because the answer is no. Just... <laughs> It's not Fair. that I'm uncomfortable per se. It's just that, and this this is very recent. This is this year. We were doing a 
we call them landings, which are basically assemblies at the end of each each um, week. And during one of the Latinx celebrations, one of the teachers who I coach, I love her. She's so amazing. She came up to me and said, hey, I'm taking photos of staff members who identify as Latinx. Do you want to be included? And I was kind of taken aback a little bit. And I, I said, oh, and she said, well, I remember that you mentioned that your dad is from Ecuador. And so you're you're half Ecuadorian. And I paused. And in that moment, I realized, yeah, I, I am. But I that's like genetically speaking, I am. Yeah. It's just hard because I while I do want to explore that side of me more. It's not something I grew up with. And so, I mean, I was really thankful that she asked and I did say yes because I thought it would be a step forward in the right direction yeah. for me. But I just think that there's a completely other side that I don't really know and want to learn more about. And so I'm not fully comfortable. There are I'm not going to lie, and this is uncomfortable for me to admit, growing up I was envious of you a little bit because, oh. I don't know if I've told you this, um, because I knew that you weren't like, quote like as filipino as me when, when you said it like that earlier right yeah whatever that you know um but but just by looking at you people would assume that you were or that you could that be. i was a nurse <laughs> hey now. only i could say that joke <laughs> anyone listening out there that isn't filipino. don't repeat it <laughs> don't repeat that no one will like it um <laughs> yeah but i was really envious of you and 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 somewhat the rest of our friends because, you know, people look at you and they think, oh, like, you're Filipino, right? And it's not as easily accessible for me. It's always a, it's mm-hmm. a guessing game. So not super comfortable, but I'm I'm more, you know what, now it's just fun. Now I'm like, yeah, you know what, guess. Just guess. <laughs> that's definitely valid. And that's funny because the grass is always greener, right? I was saying earlier right. that I was <laughs> envious or, you know, a little insecure because... You were more Filipino than me, and I was like, I'm not even on her level, you know? That's yeah, so funny. I, I, you know, my name is Melissa Elizabeth. It's like two of the very, like, whitest names ever. It just so happens that my last name is Filipino, and my face. Get you with the, with the Filipino last name. <laughs> I know, just in case you didn't know. Um, but yeah, I think in general, I am comfortable with my identity I just think I still have moments where I feel ashamed in a way that I am not more connected with the culture you know I was adjacent to a lot of stereotypical things that Filipinos are identified with which is they can sing and they can dance which I can do neither (laughs) there's that it's like the stereotype of like generally Asians are just good at math I you know I'm Filipino and I don't know how to dance or sing so where do I like I can't dance I can't sing and I can't really do math so (laughs) am am I I? No, but yeah, I I think nowadays I'm more comfortable with it. Like I said, I feel I do connect with a lot of the the values that I think come with being Filipino. Um, I mean, a lot of them I don't also, but, you know, like the big ones like family is really important to me. I, I, I 
I think that's one of the biggest things in my life. I'm more comfortable now with the fact that I am first generation Filipino American and it's an interesting story that I have with my parents coming here so young and them essentially growing up here and that's why I feel a little disconnected with my Filipino culture. Sadly, part of it is that, you know, they had to assimilate to fit in here and therefore right. we're like, oh, we're not going to teach her Tagalog because why would she need that kind of thing? No, um, yeah, my mom didn't do it either. I just learned on accident. <laughs> By just exposure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my parents speak the Tagalog when they don't want us to understand what we're, they're saying. Okay. They're <laughs> oh talking gosh. shit about us That's or something. so funny. Yeah. But I can understand a little bit. Anyways. Right, but well, I feel like generally I am more comfortable with it now and talking about it now okay, than I good. may have been before yeah. as a younger person trying to figure that out. Well, I would say, and this is a plug for therapy, as always, Melissa and I are big believers in therapy. <laughs> yes. Uh, no matter how much you identify or don't identify with your Asian-ness, no matter which flavor of Asian you are, there is a certain level of the culture and of the beliefs that affect you as a person, whether or not you think they do. And my therapist will sometimes point out things about my mom or about just Filipino culture and I'm shocked sometimes at how that is affecting the decisions that I yeah. am making in my life and what I'm doing. One of them being that idea of like family or putting others first and yourself last and not wanting to disappoint others. Ugh. So she pointed out to me, you know, the reason why you don't want to do X, Y, Z is because you don't want to let those people down because it comes off as selfish. And in, mm. in that family dynamic in our culture, you're taught to be selfless and you put others before yourself. And that's what our parents have done for forever, uh, which is very much not the sometimes not the best way to think about yeah. your problems uh, and definitely not the American way to think about what you're doing either. Not to say one is better than the other at all. But it mm -hmm. is just to say that it does affect you in a way that you might not actually be cognizant of. Mm -hmm. So just a plug out there to, you know, kind of take a step back and be aware of maybe the implications that your your culture, your your Asianness, is mm -hmm. having on the choices that you're finding yourself making or not making. Wow. I felt like I had the therapy session just then. You're quite welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Well, to close out this reflection on AAPI Month, we would just like to say from the bottom of our hearts, a big old thank you to all of our AAPI role models, the characters or storytellers that have paved the way to the representation that we see today. And we want to thank all of you for listening. Please be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Instagram at I'mUncomfortable.podcast. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so we'll talk to you soon.